You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's continue to spotlight America's team with Mickey Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com, co-host of Talking Cowboys. You can catch that fine program on the Cowboys team channel here on TuneIn. Mickey, thanks again for taking the time. You've been around this team for many years. Were you surprised to see Jerry Jones join his players taking a knee before the anthem last night? Important to reiterate, that happened before the anthem. Yeah, I thought, uh, no, to tell you the truth, not not surprised at all. I think once Jerry saw some of the other owners uh, on the field for the national anthem with their teams, I figured they would try to incorporate as many people in the organization uh, with whatever they decided to do. And uh, I know it was uh, kind of a confusing uh, early afternoon, early evening for them uh, at University of Phoenix Stadium because they had some different plans. Uh, they were trying to do something in coordination with the Phoenix Cardinals, or the Arizona Cardinals team, and that didn't work out. Uh, so I think it was only about 20, half hour, within the hour of going out on the field, they came up with the idea to do what they did, uh, to come out, make their statement uh, before the national anthem, not do anything to take away from the national anthem or disgrace the flag, and then get off the field and stand like they normally do. Uh, and I, I thought it was, uh, I, I thought it ended up being well thought out that they, they didn't bury their heads in the sand uh, with all the protests going on, kind of stood up for the players uh, and then retreated and honored the national anthem and the flag at the same time by standing uh, behind it on the sideline like they normally do and the Cardinals doing the same in the end zone. But Mickey, when you see owners and coaches and players actually join together like that, what does that say about the National Football League in a sense of guys coming from a multitude of backgrounds, different philosophies, different upbringings, nationalities across the board. But what does that say about the sport itself and the National Football League in particular that you see owners like the Jerry Jones, who we know who's been an advocate of his players, regardless if they were wrong or not, he's always, always outspoken when it came down to protecting his players. What do you think it's saying now in this time in our country, especially um, the owners and the teams are, are feeling towards one another. Yeah, Cordell, I, 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 I just thought it was a powerful statement uh, to have ownership, players, coaches all standing at one. Uh, I thought whatever the Cowboys did, they would do it as a team. Uh, if you guys ever get to come out to the Ford Center here and, and see where their team meeting room is and – uh, it's, a, it's, it's kind of like a mini theater type seating. And on the walls, on the sides, are the words on both, uh, both sides, the team, the team, the team. So Jason Garrett's very big about the team, doing everything as a team together. And I thought that he had basically said some things off the record that, you know, I, I don't think individuals – should stand out in something like this. I think whatever anybody does, it should be everybody together, not calling attention to yourself, but just call attention to the team. So the fact that not only did they do that, because I thought they would do the arm-in-arm lock uh, the way they did the summer before at training camp uh, when the police officers were murdered in downtown Dallas, and to honor them and their families, they kind of walked out arm-in-arm and stood arm-in-arm in a circle 
So I figured they were going to do something like that. So to me, the powerful thing is, is you did it as a team, not an individual as a team. And the owner was right there in the middle of it, which is kind of a, a strange dichotomy, right? Because all of a sudden the NFL and the NFL PA, they, they've been nipping at each other for weeks now, right? Well, now all of a sudden everybody's standing together and, and the people that, you know, you're standing together with this weekend. Well, in a couple of years, you'll be arguing for a new collective bargaining agreement and you'll be adversaries again. So uh, it guess it's taken something like this to kind of get everybody galvanized on the same page in the National Football League. At least for now, we have unity across our league. Mickey Spagnola, DallasCowboys.com is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Mickey, a lot of national conversation about where Des Bryant fits in amongst premier receivers. How about the effort he demonstrated on the touchdown last night, third quarter, fighting his way, willing his way into the end zone? Yeah, absolutely. And that's Des Bryant. Uh, you know, things haven't started off as well uh, as he would have liked, heck, as the Cowboys would have liked. Uh, they would have liked them to pick up where they left off last year. And if you go back and look at the last half dozen games uh, of last season, look at the, the, the playoff game against the Packers when he had like, he had nine catches, I want to say it was like 130-some yards and two touchdowns. You know, everybody was saying, well, Des Bryant, he's no longer this or that. It's like, well, okay, in six months did all this happen? Uh, I think every game needs to be taken individually, but you're right. He got the ball just like Dak did at the end of the first half, and you could almost see it in their body language. It's like, by God, I'm scoring here. No matter what's happening, I'm getting in the end zone. And Des told me after the game, he goes, I swear – he goes, I said before the play, if I touch the ball, I'm scoring. I am getting in the end zone. They will not deny me. And I think you saw uh, the fight. And, and, and that was one of the things Jason talked to the team uh, after the game about is how hard they fought. He goes, hey, we got hit in the face with a shovel, you know, and we could have folded, but we hung in there somehow, some way to make enough plays. And I think – Dak's touchdown, the dive into the end zone, Dez's touchdown, and Zeke continuing to hammer the ball when there was usually nowhere to hammer it, uh, I, I think spoke volumes about uh, the fight this team has. Give me a take on Dak Prescott. Uh, last week, of course, and as well as Ezekiel Elliott, but mainly Dak Prescott, last week was a very tough week for this team. Uh, only nine rushes for for eight yards by Ezekiel Elliott, uh, two turnovers uh, by the quarterback and and uh, Dak Prescott uh, playing against a, a feast of famine type defense of the Denver Broncos. But yet he comes back this week and somewhat set the tone. And you talked about the touchdown that he made, Dak Prescott, by diving over to score that touchdown. That somewhat set the tone in my mind watching that game and saying, you know what, if our quarterback can do this, we need to give an effort as well. And then all of a sudden you obviously saw Des Bryant uh, scoring his touchdown the way he did. Give me your take on that young man's mental fortitude. He's a captain of this team, one of the captains on his team, and he's also in his second year. Do you see him steadily getting better as time goes on and, and uh, Dak Prescott, the quarterback for this team? You know what I think I saw him do, and I, and I think you're absolutely right uh, on, on what you're suggesting about how he kind of took over. Things weren't going well. Uh, conventional plays weren't working. And it, it was like, okay, we need to start doing something different. They ran a couple zone options. Uh, that was the play he scored on. 
He started buying time with his feet, getting outside the pocket. It was almost like Sandlot football there for uh, a while, but he was making plays, and that's him. That's the kind of leader he is. It's like, okay, you know, people were saying, well, you can't put the game on his back. Don't put the game in his hand. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. You know, the games were in his hands for 17 games last year. They go 13-3 and and nearly win that playoff game. It kind of played Aaron Rodgers to a standstill. Uh, so didn't surprise me, but I think guys on this team understand what a leader he is and, and, and how nothing kind of gets in his way, which was another thing uh, I thought Des Bryant hit the nail on the head with afterwards. He said, you know, it doesn't matter. He, he, he goes, if this team has one bad play, one p- bad day, one bad game, we move on. We keep going. And that's one of the knacks a quarterback has to have. I remember Tony Romo talking about that all the time. You know, he said it's like golf. You hit a bad shot, uh, you're in the rough, you can't get frustrated and let that one bad shot now mess up your next shot. You just got to forget it, go to the next shot. And I think this team did that because, you guys, if you looked at the numbers after the first quarter, uh, the first half, heck, after the game, it does not suggest the Cowboys would have won this game 28-17. to 17. I mean, Arizona had 75 plays. The Cowboys had 45. That's 30 more plays. That's like another half. And, and yet somehow, some way, they were able to fight back and, and win the game. And I think they took the lead of, of the quarterback. And that's pretty strong for a quarterback just in his second year in the National Football League. And they won it in part because of defense. So let's wrap it up on that side of the football with David Irving still serving the four-game suspension. What did you see from Demarcus Lawrence last night? Huge game after he missed seven games last year. Yeah, and and and, you know, you sit there, and that's the guy they thought they were moving up in the draft in 2014 when they took him in the second round. He's finally healthy. You can see the speed he has. Don't put an average tackle out there against him because he's going to eat him up. And I know everybody focuses on the sacks. It was three. It should have been four, by the way. Uh, Sean Lee gets called for illegal contact down the field. Uh, took away, eliminated one of his sacks. But it was also the tackles for losses. It was also the times where he was at, at the quarterback's feet, uh, either a hurry or a hit. I mean, it was just such a complete game. And we haven't seen this from a Cowboys player uh, since DeMarcus Ware uh, departed. And if you think about it, right now he's got six and a half sacks. He should have eight. They took a half a sack away from him uh, from the Giants game, and then he had the one uh, yesterday eliminated by the the penalty. Last year, the Cowboys' sack leader was Benson Mayoa with six. He's already beaten that in three games. Now, somebody might say, well, the competition he goes up against isn't all that great. Okay, fine. I get that. But – You've got to do what you're supposed to do no matter who you're playing. You know, you, if they're not that good, then you better be doing what he's doing. So he's off to a great start. Uh, the Cowboys keep talking about they need a war daddy on that defensive line. They just might have found one in Demarcus Lawrence. Mickey, great information as always. Thanks so much for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn. Enjoyed to be with you guys. See ya. 
You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.